Can the scripting be good enough to include some bedlam hype along the way? We're going to talk about the brotherhood that tends to develop inside the locker room and what the leadership kind of looks like. And if you thought maybe this year that Oklahoma State would potentially have some Bolitnikoff level wide receivers, we probably do. But maybe it doesn't look exactly like we thought it was going to. You are Locked On Oklahoma State, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, y'all, and hello, all. Welcome back to Locked On Oklahoma State, your daily stop for all things cowboy and cowgirl-related. My name is Cody Silva. I want to thank you kindly for stopping by to make this your first listen here. You can find us visually on YouTube. You can find me personally on Twitter, at all day State or X, as it is called now, I guess. And for all of you that are on the podcast side of things, Spotify, Apple, the other 70-whatever-daggone podcast platforms there are, we had some audio issues, got them fixed. It's all back and in, in, in running. So make sure that you go there, leave a review. But today, to break down all of this stuff, because Cody Cody Stovall just played at a little old friend's university and hangs out in little old state of mountainous Colorado. So we're going to bring in somebody that knows what it's like to have boots on the ground and to be coached by Casey Dunn and Mike Gundy. Ladies and gentlemen, Justin Superman Southwell, how are we today, my guy? Cody's doing well. Glad you, you know, boast me up as such a, a great Oklahoma State football expert. Uh, I don't feel that way. <laughs> more, I'll lean a little bit more on the humble side, but I'll take it. Well, here's the deal, man. You know, I, I love what, what you and Yves and Megan uh, have going. I think it's it's very, very good that Oklahoma State continues to have bigger and and better than me, of course, voices that kind of can get the love of Oklahoma State out nationally. And you're 100% part of that. So I love what you do. And I like that you don't mind admitting some motion, omitting some motion. Sorry. So if you're upset, like you're not going to sit here and pretend that, that there's a bunch of lollipops and rainbows going on. So again, I greatly appreciate that about you. So Let's jump right into it uh, since, you know, you are the expert and you and Boone Pickens still you, you used to do fishing trips weekly or is that? Uh, yeah, yeah, you know. <laughs> I wish. Uh, <laughs> dude, wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't that be the life to be one of Boone's big buddies? And I'm not even talking about just from a financial perspective. Just I'm sure that dude was a hoot and a half, buddy. You got to know it. I mean, based on the there stories you you've heard, of course, of course he was. All right, man. So since you've had the, uh, the the fortune of being the last and really only Big 12 title recipient and playing wide receiver for, for a young Casey Dunn, obviously some things have changed a little bit, but I wanted to, to hit with you. What are you seeing now from the wide receiver core that you maybe thought good or bad that you didn't think we'd see when the season started? Well, I think that really we're, we've kind of gotten off to a slow start. I feel like we've all talked about it on various platforms with Brennan Presley, you know, senior season, we're expecting really big things from the guy. Um, 
not saying he's going to go out and win a Blitnikoff by any means, but you expect him to be kind of in the conversation with historically Oklahoma State's offense and what they've been able to do with wide receivers. So you would have expected him to fill that role. Of course, Stribling as well, him coming in, we've kind of seen the success that transfers come in from especially mm. Washington State coming into Oklahoma State and doing a great job. But uh, now he's out for the year. So, you know, you're just going to – you have to roll with it, of course. It's it's not always going to play. It, it never plays out the way that you expect it to whenever you're thinking about all the different scenarios in the offseason, how great Oklahoma State can be whenever, you know, you get on the field and live reps happen. Stuff – I mean, that, that just happens. That's life. Stuff happens. So speaking of Dijon Stribling, that's kind of my, my thought processing and kind of what he was able to do in the spring and the fall. He came in far more ready than Tay Martin, the other Washington State wide receiver that ended up doing a lot of big things for us. And because of that, because of the stuff he was doing, he was a lot faster and a lot more versatile than I thought whenever I looked at the, the film from Washington State. So I expected Dijon Stribling to be top three, top four in the wide receiver yards, catches type of category. Obviously, him being out for the year, he can't do that. Now, one thing I will say about the wide receiver room that I didn't see coming is Jaden Bray has a decent case of the Butterfingers, okay? But not only that, he was supposed to be the red zone go-get-the-nine-route guy. He was supposed to be that. The, as the kids say now, the head topper. He was supposed to be that guy. But we're not putting him in those situations we're not even necessarily exploiting those matchups and when we do it's traditionally i guess recently been more of a rashad owens throw so it's just kind of kind of weird to me uh, i'm not saying that Jaden bray's having a bad year by any stretch of the imagination but i thought he'd be considerably better than he is at this point in time yeah i think that that's a fair criticism because well i mean last year we were thinking similarly he had kind of the butterfingers type of syndrome right but then we discovered oh he, he broke his thumb or hand or yeah. whatever it was like three different times or something like that and it was like okay maybe this year we'll turn it around if he's healthy we can start to see him you know really shine and mm -hmm. so far well especially in the kansas game not so much he got kind of locked down on that side of the ball kobe bryant over there great corner but he you know he does he does great things even whenever the ball isn't in his hands. Like the opening play, whenever Ollie Gordon came out on that running back screen, he's the guy blocking on that side of the field all the way down to be able to spring him free for 50 yards or whatever it was. So even though you don't have the ball or hands, you're still making a big impact. And he definitely deserves to be on the field for plays exactly like that. See, that's exactly why you're here, because you, you are 100% right. Some of the, the little things that people don't always pay attention to is obviously blocking, but another big one is route discipline. And, and I'll be honest with you, it took me quite some time to learn why it mattered, because sometimes I'd be like, you know what, that free safety, yeah, I don't like where he's at. I'm going to cut my post off like a yard and a half short, right? Because I know I can beat him to my spot. But... um. I didn't realize that by doing that, I was messing up the spacing for the linebackers and the other reef routes, <laughs> right? Yeah. So it, it, it selfishly, I was like, I don't give a hoot. I know that I'm going here and I'm going to get the ball, right? But 
when I learned that I have to push this route to 16 yards before I break because I've got a 10-yard route underneath me, and I have to leave enough room to suck that linebacker up and give the quarterback you know, a little place to, to drop it in. So we do a lot of that that is pretty daggone good. And uh, part of the creativity side of things, this summer – uh, Alan Bowman and some of the quarterbacks spent some time in California working on a lot of this stuff. And from what I was told, he went, he was able to kind of show them, this is what we did at Michigan. This is the, the option route concepts that we kind of went off of. And this is some of the stuff that we're supposed to have coming into Stillwater, yada, 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 yada. So they'd been working on that option route stuff for a decent amount of time. And then the first few games, you're seeing all three of the quarterbacks, uh, it appears that they're throwing it all over the yard. Right. and missing yeah. receivers all the time, primarily with Alan Bowman. But realistically, and you're seeing it more now, it's just when you give Alan Bowman and some of these, these wide receivers option routes predicated upon what the safety's doing, where the linebackers are, you know, are they loading the box or not? It's been, it's been a thing of beauty, man. It's been a thing of beauty to see these wide receivers be on the same page with Alan Bowman on these option routes. So as a wide receiver, the play to Oklahoma State, dude, by the way, the route trees now are stupid, like stupid. <laughs> I was in the very beginning of this season. I was explaining it to my son, like this is a one route, this is a three route, three routes typically a slant, nine routes always a go. You know what I mean? And he comes home and he's like, "Dad, I'm running a." Oh. They call it oh a show route, right? And I was like, "What are you doing on film?" I was like, "You messed that whole thing up." He's like, "No, no, no. I'm supposed to run it that way." I was like, dude, that's like a jacked up backwards angle pattern if I've ever seen one. But when you watch it on film, it's designed to suck that that corner back up a little bit more. But it's not part of the route tree I've ever seen. It's almost like a pivot route kind of, right? Yeah. But you take you take an angle before you even get to that pivot break back on the line. So route trees have gotten crazy. But sure, when you, when you look at option routes, what are you looking for? from the, the safety perspective. And when, when you see a certain thing out of a safety, do you know you're getting the ball or, or kind of what are you looking at there from your perspective? Yeah, that's a great question. And it all depends on so many different factors, but I want to back up a little bit on the route tree concepts. So it's a lot of one through nine. I think a lot of that maybe started with West coast type of play calling Okay, with the pivot route, for example, for those that don't know, it's, it's kind of like, Think about like a, a little short kind of stick hitch, but then you jet out immediately to the outside. So that's your pivot. It often it opens up so many different options because one, you can stick it there and stay, depending on the spacing with the linebackers. There you you can also jet it out and you can also go the other way, which is a jerk route. And you go on the inside, completely throws linebackers off. It's great. I love it. Uh, that's the kind of stuff that you get to do whenever you're a slot receiver. So, but yeah, whenever you're running a route and you're looking at the safety, you're really, it, it's a two level thing. Uh, you got to first pick up to see if the linebacker is going to be dropping in coverage or if they're blitzing, if they blitz, you have a hot route based on that. You're going to shorten your route so that obviously the quarterback does not have as much time. They can flick it out real quick, and that way the timing isn't you know, so off where if you're doing that deep route, he's just going to get sacked, right? He's going to hang on right. the ball, or yeah. he might throw it up in desperation, potentially yeah. leading to an interception. Yeah. 
Yep. So first you read the linebacker, then you read the safety. What's the safety doing? All kinds of different coverages back there. You've got your safe, high safety. You've got uh, cover two. You've got cover four. All kinds of different stuff like that. But more often than not, I mean, it, it takes time. But you're finding out where the zone is, where the grass is. Is what Holgerson used to say. Yep. Go find the green grass. All right. It's it's not rocket yep. science. Yep. And so that's essentially what you're looking for. Um, it gets a little bit more difficult in some cases whenever you're playing man. So whenever a safety is lined up on you, you're going to have to adjust your route based on that because you can't always just stick it right where the green grass is. You're going to have to create that separation for yourself. And so that's where, you know, athleticism comes into play. Man on man. Well, who's Who's and, got and, it? And I think that's that's the, the biggest beauty of the option route is, so to explain exactly what you're reading, that's a quarterback's looking at the same thing. So if a, if a quarterback sees the linebackers are blitzing, and let's say that they're they're in cover two, so they, they're taking away those, those two quarter sections of the field pretty far back, there's going to be a, a, an option there. You could stop, yes. You could do a jerk route. That, that would be a perfect scenario. And that's what the quarterback's looking at, right? So the minute you break, inside to go hit that pivot when you see the linebackers you know you're going to jerk route quarterback knows you're going to jerk route and it's out and it's right. done and vice versa if that linebacker's bailing in coverage then you're probably not going to be able to get the right spacing so you're gonna you're gonna get that pivot route if they roll out you're the guy if not you're a secondary read <laughs> for sure and it is a lot based on you think all right quarterback's got to read four, sometimes five receivers, and you got to remember yeah. every single one of those routes. In a, in a way, yes, but in another way, no, because it's more based on the route concepts, and you can kind of split that in half on the field and know that if you're, call, if you're calling a, a boot play, for example, the inside receiver has a certain route, the middle receiver has another route, and the far outside receiver has his own route. If you send somebody in motion, that receiver has to know to adjust. You know, how far, how far in motion do you go? And based on where you stop in your motion, which route do you run? That's where some things can get a little hairy. Keep people don't, they're not always on the same page. So that's why reps that, that practice, what we're talking about Bowman yeah. coming in, going, uh, what was it? San Diego in this, in the off season, that stuff plays a big part in the success and what we're seeing. And obviously Cody, if you remember the the names of the five receivers, that went with Bowman to California this summer is Blaine Green, Jaden Bray, Rashad Owens, John Stribling, and Brennan Presley. And these are the five guys that are getting all of the looks in these games. So obviously they've got some chemistry. They're really starting to roll with it now. And I'm excited to see what they're able to do for the rest of the season. I love it. See, you are the expert. You just don't give yourself enough credit. And um, yeah, I, I can tell you one thing. I'm not an expert when it comes to betting because I was the hammer the over. It's going to happen no matter what guy. I was that dude. Hey, we're still we're still creeping there. Okay, six and a half. We should. We should still creep over that over. But for everybody out there that's a little bit concerned about that side of the, the, the betting game, I have prize picks for you. And all you got to do with prize picks is you pick two to six players as opposed to just dealing with all of the – the sharks and the odds and the overs and the unders. All you got to do here is simply choose a player and choose their statistical prog prognosis to go over or under. That's it. And then all you got to do is watch the dollar dollar bills. 
roll into uh, your bank account, y'all. And it's really a lot of fun because you can mix and match. As we talked about earlier, if you want to take Ollie Gordon from a collegiate game once we make the top 25, and then you want to take Saquon Barkley or Justice Hill, Jalen Warren, you can do that. If you want to go grab Jaden Bray because he's going to have the head topper day, and you also want to go grab maybe, oh, I don't know, Tay Martin, uh, Tyler Wallace, uh, Tyreek Hill, you can do that. It makes it a lot more fun without having to worry about all the crazy stats. And the coolest part, with Prize Picks reboot policy, if you have a player in, in, a, in an NFL game or a top 25 college football matchup, and that dude gets hurt in the first half, he's automatically rebooted in the second half. Prize Picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with that kind of injury insurance. So go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college. Use that code locked on college for your first deposit match up to a hundred dollars. Again, go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college. Use my code, y'all. Locked on college, all one word for a first deposit match up to a hundred bones. All right, buddy. <clears throat> Speaking of bones, sometimes, sometimes you, you can have a, a bone to pick in a locker room. There's a multitude of ways to sort it out. I'm I'm pretty old school, so they probably don't sort it out the same way. And, and you're pretty daggone old school. I'm not calling you old. All right, but. Well, actually, you know what? Technically, I am. You have a Big 12 championship ring with Oklahoma State's name on it. And Cuddy's been here almost 20 years. So that, by proc, means you're, I mean, you're getting there. Anyways, all right. <laughs> From a locker room perspective, as we were talking a little bit off air, I've only been in a situation where uh, twice, and once in high school, once, once in college, where the locker room was going through some a pretty decisive, divisive, sorry, divisive moment. And my freshman year of college, we kind of went through it, right? The the senior quarterback was a leader. He was a bad man, a jamma. He gets hurt. Backup quarterback didn't do anything with the team, didn't want to be associated, you know, act like he was better than everybody else off the field. So as a team, we didn't, we weren't a big fan, man. And then we had a freshman or quarterback, shout out Scotty Oaks. <clears throat> and <clears throat> he was more mobile. He was more athletic. He was a crap ton of fun. We got along with him. He'd come shoot guns, go hunting, do all the dumb stuff with the wide receivers and running backs. And so, yeah, there was some division. And we dropped two games in a row. Um, you know, I'll be honest with you, putting in the same film work didn't feel the same. You know, putting in the extra lifts of practice didn't really feel like a necessity. It almost got to the point that it's like, okay, well, I might have the opportunity to put some stuff on film to maybe go somewhere else. But then... They made some changes, right? They switched the quarterback. It added a lot of team bonding, camaraderie. We had a couple of player-only meetings. And again, like I said, some of them got heated, right? I've seen somebody thrown through a, a piece of, of plasterboard to, uh, between like a, a beer pong tournament, right? Over people running the wrong routes. It's, <laughs> it's, but it, it, it happens, man. It happens. It's a necessity. It happened with Oklahoma State. You can see it. It's very evident. They've talked about it in their postgame interviews uh, quite a bit. But since you've been in Boone Pickens Stadium locker room and you played on a multitude of teams, you played on teams that were trying to figure it out, maybe not so great at times, and then you also played on a team that was one of the best in Oklahoma State history. So who better to ask than Justin Flippin' Superman Southwell? What kind of leadership role does it take for somebody to say, all right, mother truckers, we're not having this. Let's sit down and figure this stuff out. 
What does that look like in Boone Pickens Stadium, my guy? Man, you know, it's it's a lot like kind of the route concepts. You okay. you run your route based on what you see with the defense. And, you know, it, it depends on what the defense is doing. Man, zone, predicates, like what you're going to do. All right. With certain personalities, throwing them through a board, like that's stuff that sometimes they need that. They need to get their butt kicked for them, yep. for something to click, for something to register with them. Other guys, maybe that doesn't, maybe that's not what it takes. Maybe it's just, you know, hey, let's talk about this real quick. I noticed this. Let's do this. We got something special here. You know, it, and it really depends. Okay. So, Okay, Brandon Whedon, for example. We're, 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 you know, prepping for the bowl game. And we have had in the past, uh, if you back up two years, one of our best corners, Parrish Cox, he gets in trouble and he's not able to play in the bowl game. Out of fear for what had happened, and we ended up losing that game, by the way. You know, we're about to play Stanford in the Fiesta Bowl. Brandon Whedon brings, I mean, it, it wasn't like this, you know, players only meeting. He goes to individuals, takes them aside, talks to them like adults. But you got to understand, like, this this game is important to everybody here. Uh, all the hard work we've put in, it matters to players, matters to fans, parents, boosters, whatever the case is. Don't put yourself in a position to be taken out of the game because of some knuckleheaded decision you decide to do for one night and completely ruin this experience for everybody. So that's what it takes. I mean, sometimes, right? Sometimes it's like, dude, I'm going to lay you out in practice or we can, you know, talk man to man. Yep. So there's just yep. different, there's different styles to it. And of course, you're going to flex your leadership style based on the situation but there's not necessarily a wrong way to do it. I mean, both ways are effective as long as the person on the other end is receptive of that, takes it not in the, like some kind of personal offensive way, yeah. you know, just yeah. be open to it, understand mm -hmm. what's at stake, understand this is a team and we're all in it together. And, and that's ultimately what it is. I absolutely love it. Um, all right. So, we're going to shift gears uh, real quick. and But before we do, you know, I got to, I got to remind everybody out here that uh, our other sponsor for the day is going to be Jace Medical. Guys, do not get caught in a precarious situation medically, especially with all the crazy stuff going on in the world right now. You got fires going on everywhere. You got volcanoes. You got tornadoes. You got potential war conflicts that do infect that do in fact affect the supply chain. And if the supply chain has issues, it's going to be difficult for you and your family to get the medications and supplies that you need, which is precisely why you need to get on here. Go grab yourself a Jace case, which is a personalized emergency medication kit, and it's going to contain at least five essential antibiotics that are the most commonly used and deadliest bacterial infections found. Jace Medical now offers this customization for your Jace case with dozens of add-on medications. Choose the medications that fit best for you and your family's unique needs. The benefit here is it's 24-7. 
You don't have to get stressed out. Guys, go to jacemedical.com, enter the promo code locked on at checkout to get $20 off on your first order. Again, the promo code there is locked on, all one word. Go to jacemedical.com right now, J A S E medical.com. Do not wait till your daggone legs literally falling off before you get something fixed. Get ahead of it. Jace Case, Jace Medical, they're going to help you do that. Hi, right, Justin. You have. You have two legs. Um, I'm so jealous, right? Rub it in a little bit. Right? I'll still, bro. Let me get my forearm crutches. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll foot race. All right. I still, I still got this. All right, buddy. Um, so, one thing that that I have noticed whenever you you look at the film, two things when it comes to the scripting. A, obviously, the last two weeks has been working phenomenally. B, if you go back and look throughout the entirety of the season. These formations that we've been using, we haven't used all year. And we use some in the spring, thankfully. But these are these are some formations and concepts that you don't see a lot of. Like, I don't know if you noticed the other day, but I freaked out whenever we had four wide to the short side of the field. And then we had hmm. uh, the Z all by himself on the other side of the field, all the way out by the numbers with an empty backfield. I was so pumped, man. Yeah, I I didn't I didn't love the flea flicker out of the other play that I fell in love with, which was the diamond formation where Brendan Presley looped around to go to thirty personnel. We're running thirty personnel, and we're running four wide to the short side. That is not <laughs> a traditional offensive set that we've seen all year right. or last year. So I I think wholeheartedly that the rumors if you want to call him that, that Gundy has been directly pinned to pad to paper, directly involved with scripting the last two weeks. I buy it because their creativity and innovation offensively has been light years different than uh, since any time Casey Dunn's been the daggone OC. I'll just call it like it is. You know, so it's, it's hard to argue, me, right? It's hard to argue with the, the with the evidence. Well, when it comes to the differentiation, right? Help explain what is typically the reason a script will go so well and then all of a sudden the second quarter starts and you just kind of fall off and it doesn't look the same. Why does that happen? Yeah, I mean, whew, that's that is that's I'm a great question. Generally, national. Yeah, so generally, I guess, you know, whenever you have a script, you are basing that off of tendencies that you would see. So Kansas, for example, historically, and obviously this season, it seems like they, for whatever reason, they love to be in four deep. And we noticed that in this game, right? That's one of the reasons why Ollie Gordon had so much success running the ball. They were okay with, it's, it looked like getting run on and not getting yeah. beat deep at all. Like there was, even on the flea flicker, I mean, timing seemed to be a little bit off. Yes, but dude. Historically, who, who runs that's quarters a, coverage. Who runs quarters coverage in a red zone? Who does that? Yeah, right. But historically, <laughs> that kind of play, a flea flicker, is going to be a very deep ball. Um, that's yeah. like something that you're throwing 25 plus yards down the field. And the reason that Brennan Presley was able to get so wide open underneath is because they were all deep. They had everything back there covered up. Now, from what it looked like initially, and maybe you go back and watch film and, and it looks different, but 
in the moment, I thought, ooh, like Presley like tossed that back really quick. Like they didn't have enough time to like suck up like it was going to be a run. It didn't Mm -hmm. sell it long enough. Thankfully, the O-line had great protection on that play. And Bowman was still able to have a lot of time to be able to go through his progressions and get the ball out. And really, like Presley is not part of that progression. <laughs> he just happened to be there yeah. and dump it off. And of course, hey man, get the ball in Brendan Presley's hands out in space, outside the hashes, outside the numbers, and look what happens. All right. He turned that failed play essentially into a touchdown. So my God. I don't know. You know, that I'll I mean, get out of here. You know. You know. You know. All right. All, All right, right, back. I'll so back, it. back to the script stuff, though. Okay, so they're going yeah. based off tendencies. Um, then there are in-game adjustments on both sides of the ball, right? So you've got Kansas making their adjustments. Based on those adjustments, how are we going to adjust? So uh, you still have to play to your strengths, and I think that that's why we saw uh, Gordon get the ball. He touched the ball thirty-five times this game. I don't think that they necessarily went into this game yeah. with that game plan. To say that we're gonna get this that wasn't, that wasn't that wasn't in the script. <laughs> right. But he's got the hot hand and you're not gonna take him out, right? And when they oh, yeah. did, it was like, okay. Whoa. And I mean, I was I was sitting up there, uh section three eleven. Uh thanks again for the tickets. I got some tickets from from some friends. So nice. we, you know, we're sitting around there and it's like, why why isn't people are sitting around me? Why isn't Ollie in the game? What's going on? He's he's doing so great. And I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, like He's a stud, but he is also human. Like he needs a yes. breather. It right. is okay. And he still has lungs and muscles. <laughs> yeah. Imagine that. So yeah. uh, thankfully we do have some depth at running back and Jaden Nixon was able to come in and man, I wish he would have scored on that one play. Um, he know. got tripped up right on the uh, one or two yard line and his, yeah. his stats would look completely different, but he still ran for uh, 6.6 yards per carry, I think it was, which is great. I mean, you would love that from any one of your running backs. And uh, that's just what we were getting from from uh, from those guys. So you love that. Um, kind of lost my train of thought because I think I started lagging a little bit, and that totally threw me off, so I apologize. But, um, yeah, you know, adjustments All happen. Good, adjustments happen, yeah. and then it's kind of like you're playing off of each other. Uh, kind of becomes right. becomes a little bit of a chess match. Again, play to your strengths, though, right? Like, don't abandon what's been working. And um, ultimately, thankfully, that's what what helped win us the game. Now, um, on the flip side of that, for the defense, for and I'm not like some kind of you know defensive expert. I love to think that I I know a little bit more about receivers and the offensive side of the ball. But yeah. we did see when we were able to stop that Kansas run game. I mean, what what did you say? They were number six in the nation coming into that game. We yep. sold out for that and we stopped them. Yes, and it worked. It, it worked. It was a great game plan from coach Nardo. Now we sacrificed a little bit in the past game because of that. Uh, I think there was a little bit of alignment type of issues where we couldn't figure out who was eligible at times. And yeah. that cost us. KU does a lot of motion. They do a lot of crazy stuff pre-snap. You know what I mean? There's not very many teams that let swap, you know, their their slots and the tight ends simultaneously. They do some rare stuff. So, yeah, you got to give them a little bit of pass because 
They held a team averaging 233 yards a game to yeah. 90 daggone yards. And, and, and here's the beauty of it, buddy. Garrett Green is not a lot different than Jason Bean. He's just, he's not. If you make Garrett That's Green beat you with his arm, yeah, he's a runner. He's, he's, he's a runner. He's fast. He's got a lot of moves. He'll take off in a heartbeat. He's got a decent arm, but he's not even as accurate as Jason Bean, in my personal opinion. And you know they're going to try to attack the secondary, as they should. So, I, dude, I'm, I'm so excited. I'm so excited to see what the response is going to be from yeah. the secondary. But you, you, the secondary, though, like, they're very bim but don't break in a lot of cases because when the game was on the line, you thought, oh, here we go. They're just going to get beat deep again. And then they come up with interception and another interception. So I am encouraged by that. It looks like the adjustments, in-game adjustments, are working more for the defensive yes. side of the ball. Correct. Uh, and the especially the players that are big-time playmakers, the big-time recruits that we're seeing, these are the guys that are coming out and making those plays. So yep. you know, that's why you go out and recruit those guys. That's, that's what we love to see. So, Yeah, man. It was um, a, a thing of beauty, really, to see Brian Nardo because Brian Nardo was struggling in the second and third quarters. He was, right? But the fourth quarter, the last, I think, like four or five drives, I think it was five drives, it was turnover, turnover, punt, turnover on downs. You know what I mean? Right. And that part of that was Brian Nardo saying, you know what, Colin, go be a defensive end for a few series. Let's see what that does. <laughs> and yeah. it screwed them up royally. So, yeah, to have the ability to have a guy that's an NFL caliber guy that can go from defensive end to linebacker literally in the same play, that's a weapon that we I don't think we've used enough. But even Brian Nardo, right, he saw it now. He's like, he hit his effort button. F it, I need pressure, you go here now. Yeah. And it works so good that I would imagine Brian Nardo's probably on a drive home like, I got to draw more of that up. I got to draw Absolutely. more of, yeah. So it, this the encouragement is definitely warranted offensively because right with the option routes and some of the camaraderie that Alan Bowman has with some of these guys, it's clearly making a difference. And then on the other side of the ball, Brian Nardo is making adjustments every game. You can't say that about the offense on every game. Are all the adjustments great? No. But the only offensive coordinator other than KU that I saw, actually, you know what? I'll take that back. The only coordinator that I've watched literally play chess and pick us apart was Major Applewhite from South Alabama. That's the only time I've seen Nardo this year just get severely outcoached. KU has probably the, the most innovative offensive minds in the entire conference, and he found a way to figure it out in the fourth quarter. To me, that's the most encouraging sign of the game. Yeah, absolutely. And <clears throat> I think part of what like hurt us, I mean, there are so many things I think that hurt us with that South Alabama game, yeah. um, but one of the things that I've been harping on, I don't know if other people have been thinking about it as much, but we played so dang conservative with this. Let's keep it close to the vest mentality. And I, I can't stand it. I hate it. Holgerson would hate it. Munkin would hate it. You yeah. know what those guys do? They say, throw all that like out the window. We're going to do it. We're going to attack them. 
Who yep. cares if we put it on film? They can't stop it. Right. Same thing with yeah, Colin Oliver, dude. for example. Okay. Yeah, I get it. Like let's hold, hold them back for a little while. And then, you know, in the fourth quarter, you know, release the dogs kind of thing. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, you know, it's on film now. So is West Virginia going to be prepared for it? It doesn't matter. They can't stop the guy. Right. That's the mentality that we need to yes, have sir. because that's the yes, mentality sir. that wins football games, not going out here and just lining up and running, you know, just basic routes. Like it's on air. Like we're just practicing, you know, walkthroughs or whatever the case is like that doesn't win games and you've got the talent. So let the talent go have some fun and win some games. You know what, Justin, while I have you here, so uh, revved up and fired up, um, is this going to be good enough to carry over? Is it, is it time to begin the orange Kool-Aid bedlam climb? Or are, are we still waiting and seeing what happens in Morgantown before we start that build-up trade? What do you think? Yeah, uh, a little of both, right? Because... Okay. I mean, on, on the one hand, yes, you absolutely have to take care of business in Morgantown. Now I get it. Like this, this team is really good in Boone Pickens stadium on the road. Maybe not so much. Um, we did see them win at Arizona state early in the year, but again, one of the worst teams in the power five, yeah. uh, we, we ran out doing that very conservative BS, uh, and just happened to win the game. Well, in the conference game, first conference game on the road in Ames at Iowa State, you dropped one. So I don't know what to think of this team as it relates to them being able to go on the road and win games. So that's number one. You know, go out and prove that first. But, it, you know, whenever you start winning games like this, it, it kind of, you know, reinvigorates what we were thinking about in the off season, what the expectations are, what we can imagine this team doing. And of course, mm -hmm. with it being a rivalry game, throw the records out. It doesn't matter. Like you're, you know, you don't play the game on paper. You're going to go out and, and play it on the field. So there's a little bit of balance there. I think, you know, first yeah. let's take care of business, but of course I'm, yeah. I'm putting out memes on Twitter, right? Like the revenge tour continues. All right. We got, Oh, you on that last door there as part of the revenge tour from the teams that we lost in conference last season. And so, Hey man, I don't know if you heard, but Saturday when I did the live show, uh, my, my opening monologue was talking about, uh, talking about how you, I got that the revenge tour. I wasn't buying it, but, uh, yeah, I'm hopping on board <laughs> Justin's revenge tour train. I, I, I dig it. I love it. Hopefully it continues. Hopefully we can take this momentum and we can let it grow, let it fester, let it get a little bit bigger because it's being the last one in Stillwater. It just, mm. it has to feel different. It does. It has to. Yeah. And let's, let's face it, man. <clears throat> if Mike Gundy just says F it. And I'm not saying be, be so unconservative that it, that you piss away the game, but, if there's a game this year that he hit, that he hits his effort button and just lets the damn thing fly, it's got to be Bedlam. But yeah, we got to win this one because it's you don't want to look ahead. I know that, but Cincinnati is a shell of a team right now, buddy. And with how wild, wacky, crazy, and amazing our homecoming is, it should be a W. It should. 
All right, Bedlam, you never know what's going to happen. But let's just, for sake of argument, let's say it's a loss. Okay? Let's say it's a loss. And then we beat Houston. And then we beat BYU. All it takes is Texas to lose one more game. And then it's Bedlam from the Big 12 title. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. Well, yeah, I, that's the first time I've heard it this season. But, you know, you are thinking ahead. I love it. I would love to see that happen. <laughs> uh, but you definitely have to go into the mindset that this is the last Bedlam game for yeah. us to have a chance to win that game, mm-hmm. even though it is in Boone Pickens Stadium. Um, but, yeah, again, one game at a time, right? Like there are so many yeah. things that can happen between now and then. Uh, God forbid we have any major injuries or anything like that, but uh, a, a big loss like that or a, a loss to West Virginia or, you know, God forbid, in homecoming to Cincinnati, then the tone completely changes, right? Oh, yeah. And we're already going into it. A lot of people have already thought, you know, in the offseason at work, the highest we could potentially think of this team, still, what, 90, 95% of people are going to realistically pick that as a loss just based on yeah you know the 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 history and most recently what happened last year OU got shredded in the portal like way worse than we had it last year uh and it was yeah, their they lost 42 their, players their worst 42. team in the last 25 maybe maybe ever i don't know like OU historically is just a great program so that might have been their you know one of the worst teams ever yeah, and you got to go we back got to the, the- you got to go back to the Jeff Blake, Bob Simmons era. Yeah. And I mean, this is, that's a long time ago. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Talk about old, right? Talk about old, there but you, go. you know, we're going in there and, and the first it's over. What the heck, what the heck just happened? So just like anything can happen in this game. Like I said, it's a rivalry and I just hope that we go into it with that, that, Effort mentality and just go out, lay it all on the line because that's what it's going to take to win a rivalry yep. game. Mm-hmm. And you love to see it, but yeah, it's, let's... it's like maybe for one for one game a year, one game <laughs> a year will bring less miles back. All right, uh, every other game Gundy can have it, but one game a year we just need to let less miles handle it. All right, wouldn't mind it. Wouldn't mind it. <laughs> all right, brother man. And I greatly appreciate it. So I haven't, uh, I have now, okay? <clears throat> uh, I was on Coos's Corner, right? Justin Coos, West Virginia. And he asked me for a score prediction. I wasn't ready yet. I hadn't watched enough West Virginia film. I don't know if I'm quite mm-hmm. there yet, but I did dive in quite a bit today on West Virginia. And I think uh, I'm going to reserve the right to, to change tomorrow after I watch the defensive. Yeah, film. absolutely. But... If I were to guess right now, I would say, yeah, I'd say 35, 31 Cowboys. All right. I love that. Now, uh, you got to factor in, I think the, the weather a little bit might be a factor, right? It's going to be a little bit cold and rainy in the, in the beginning of the day and potentially it'll clear up by the time the game rolls around. But, you know, Morgantown. I think uh, Vegas is predicting it to be kind of a lower scoring game just based on what we've seen from kind of both teams leading right. up to this point. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, that's fair. You know, you're looking at just just the schedule. Like I, I don't necessarily know that I've, you know, dived in on watching these guys play, but looking at the schedule and box scores and things like that. West Virginia, four and two with losses at Penn State, at Houston, 
Of course, last second Hail Mary loss at Houston. They could easily be five and one. But yeah, they have they had beaten Pitt, who just completely destroyed Louisville, who was like beating Notre Dame. And you've seen what Notre Dame's done this year. Um, tech, you know, they beat tech, they beat TCU at TCU. Uh, so they they really are kind of a wild card, but looking at the scores, yeah. right? They are still scoring yes. not as many points. They're kind of mirroring OSU in the last, you know, yeah. half of 21 points, season, 24 you know? points. Yeah. Yeah. So uh you take out that one game that they they played against uh Duquesne or something like that. Uh yes, the, it looks like they've averaged 23 points in the five division one games that they played. So I think our defense can hold them to that average. Um, So I'll say OSU 27, since we love scoring 27 so much this year, West Virginia 23. I like it. Maybe a little, maybe a little dip. Like, Oh, like, are we, are we actually, you know, as good as we think we are, we're scoring 39 against Kansas. We've, we got over the 30 point mark. I think maybe a little bit, you know, dip back to the regression for a second before we just explode for homecoming. How about that? Buddy, there's really... a small part of me. There's a there's a small part of me that kind of hopes it's raining because last <laughs> to year to give you Ollie Gordon vibes. I yes, feel sir, you. You already knew it. You already knew it. If we just kept giving Ollie Gordon the ball in the fourth quarter against West Virginia, we win that game. Point blank. Period. So mm-hmm. Ollie Gordon should be on a mission because he should feel like this is unfinished business. If it's raining again, give him the rock. Let him do his thing, and it'll be the ultimate payback from last season when it rained all over us in Stillwater, and we threw it. I don't, I don't know how many times. Honestly, it was like forty some off, forty seven, fifty times. And then yeah, Ollie Gordon crazy. rushes for like sixty four yards on one series, <laughs> sixty yards on one series, and then we Man. don't give him the ball again. <laughs> so Cody, I'll say this: like that was, I think, the drive that he scored a touchdown, and there's a picture of him just in the rain, you know, Shawshank redemption, almost, you know, just pure joy. You had to love it for him. Yeah. So glad that he decided not it in the transfer portal. He stuck it out. He believes in Oklahoma state. He yes, believes he in what this team can do. And of course we're seeing him blossom as a leader. We talked about it a little bit earlier, the leadership qualities for somebody like Ollie this guy just seems to be one of the biggest cheerleaders of everybody on the team. Just yep. any kind of big play. He's hyping him up. Right? Ultimate hype man. And of course, everybody's going to be hyping up Ollie. Like everybody loves Ollie. Like he's just a fun dude. And yeah. um, anyway, when you have that, I mean, so much respect from your teammates comes along with that. And so that's, where you can kind of like take somebody aside and talk to him if you need to, instead of, you know, oh, yeah. throwing him in a headlock and wrestling him to the ground. Ollie's not going to be <laughs> wrestling anybody to the ground because he's getting so much respect based on what he's doing on the field and what he's doing for his teammates whenever he doesn't have the ball in his hands. So great. I just had to throw that in there too. I like it. All right, man. Well, Hey, let the fine people out here know how they can track you down, how they can find you, how they can try to incorporate some Superman vibes into their lives. Shoot, buddy. Oh, Superman, let's go. All right. So <laughs> on formerly Twitter, currently X, and in the future, who knows, at Justin Southwell. Sometimes I, I just put out some memes or whatever. 
Uh, that's what gets a lot of likes. Sometimes I talk trash to OU fans, and that's that's always fun. You've got us on the Believe in OK State podcast every Thursday morning at 10 a.m. on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. Of course, I'm on there with Oklahoma State's Megan Robinson and former defensive back Eva. Well, you know, just find us with all that. We got a lot going on. Of course, if you're plugged into Oklahoma State, you probably know about hashtag South Toba. That's us. But man, we're just here having a good time supporting the pokes. Uh, we do maybe drink a little bit of that orange Kool-Aid, Cody, that you love. Yes, but sir. we also like to try to keep it somewhat real, too. We try to keep it 100 like Ollie Gordon does on a, on a times two basis versus Kansas. Yay. Hopefully we see a repeat. All right, bro, Hamilus. I'll let you get out of here. I know you're you're a busy dude, and you've got at least you have to at least pretend to go be 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 productive. I get it, I get it. All right, right, brother man, take it till you make it. Thank you very much for your time. I greatly appreciate it, and uh, yeah, we'll do it again until Megan and Eve's Batoba. And that if you ever need my tall out, formerly bearded self on there, um, I'm game, buddy. Absolutely appreciate you having me on. Appreciate the support. As always, go Pokes. Absolutely. Thank you, brother. Well, y'all, you got to hear it from Justin Southwell. And I do think that the different perspectives are crucial, right? Because it's easy to look at the game without understanding some of the little bitty nuances that make things either more difficult or a little bit easier on the players. It is supposed to be about the players, the students, the athletes, but the coaches got to continue to get the most out of them. All righty, y'all. It's been a stacked deck week. We're going to keep this thing rocking and rolling. That's all we're going to have for this one. Thank you for tuning in to make this your first listen here in Locked On Oklahoma State. You could be anywhere. So happy you choose to be here. Hit the like. Hit the subscribe. If you're on the podcasting platform, Spotify, Apple, doesn't matter. Go leave a review. All righty, y'all. God bless. Go, folks. Love you. Later, taters.